Welcome to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow podcast. Today I have two people, Shamala from Malaysia, also known as Sham, and I have Monica, my first guest on the podcast from Dallas, Texas, who will be doing some co-hosting from time to time. Shoo! Yeah! <laughs> Sounds good, huh? Oh, welcome, Sham. Thank yes. you. Yes, very excited. Well, well, right before we started, we were having a chat about food, and Sham is from Malaysia, so she was just about to tell us a story about her grandparents, so I told her to save it for the podcast, and now we get to hear it. You know, it's very interesting, right? You know, you come to Sweden and you move here and everything's very Western. And now you read a lot about, you know, Asian remedies, Asian food, eat a lot of turmeric, saffron, this and sort mm-hmm. of thing. And it's very interesting, eat less meat. When I grew up with my grandparents, my mom, we only ate meat or chicken once a week, twice a week. We ate fish, we were vegetarians, part of the religion too, but part mm-hmm. of the culture too. So it's very interesting that that whole movement is coming back now, you know. And a lot about eat where you farm, farm to table which is something my grandparents grew up with. My mom does not keep food more than a day. Even till now, she buys fresh food. They never eat processed food. They never eat any of this. And then there was a whole movement of eating a lot of the processed foods. And now now we're going back to what we used to do. My grandparents are the same way. I remember my great aunt, she shopped every single day in the grocery store. And she, of course, always went at four or five o'clock when everyone was there. And I'm like, Aunt Polly, you're retired. Like, you don't work. You could go at any time. (laughs) Yeah, but I like seeing the people. But they had that idea to shop every single day. Mm. And I still kind of do that, too. Like, I've tried to do these weekly deliveries of food, but I can't, I, I never end up eating any of the food anyway. I have to shop every single day here because I walk 10 minutes to the grocery store, so I have to carry my groceries home. And I found that out when I first moved to Sweden. I thought, oh, I'll do the grocery shopping for the entire week. And I walked down the street and I bought all the groceries for the entire week. And when I had all the bags, I realized I can't carry <laughs> these bags home. But no wonder people shop every day. <laughs> do you not remember the trip we did? That? So she takes me to Ikea the first time I'm here. Do you not remember? that I bought no. bags and bags and stuff mm-hmm. and I lived out in Tabby so that meant a bus a train and I had to walk like 15 minutes and I was like wait a second this was really stupid <laughs> yeah I've done that but that's because you come from a culture that drives everywhere True. right yes. US right yes, <laughs> yes. we're Texans <laughs> yeah busted yeah. <laughs> yes but I mean I don't know about Dallas but in Houston there's no good public transportation no just in the middle of town there's some buses so we, we were stuck we had to use cars what about you did you not in have... Malaysia we did then I lived in London okay. for a while and that's when I really Ooh. I mean living in Europe you tr- you walk everywhere right you yes know. I think it's wonderful when my mom came to visit me for the first time over here she really enjoyed how everybody walked so much and she said when she went back home oh I'm gonna try to walk too so she started walking around her neighborhood but nobody does that <laughs> in southern Texas and two cars pulled over to ask her if she needed a ride <laughs> That's Actually, so it's fantastic. funny, when I was in, uh, where was I? Somewhere in Atlanta, and I was walking, and people were looking at me weird as well. <laughs> Whereas it's very common in Europe and Sweden, the whole outdoor thing, right? I mean, you see the elderly walking around with their carts, yeah. and I mean, I'm so impressed. I was very impressed when I moved here. Me how too. How many people were outside, and the age range, and physical condition, that didn't stop anyone. No, and the weather either yeah, didn't yeah, stop. The weather. Yeah, that's what gets me. You think people would stay inside when it's winter mm-hmm. and so snowy. 
gray and icy, but everybody goes out as usual and they still exercise. Uh, some of them still ride bicycles in the winter, which I do not understand. Show offs. It, I fall off my bike in the summer. I can't ride it on ice. <laughs> it's funny. My mother have a funny story about my family that has visited. Right, my mother-in-law oh, yes. turns up in autumn and it's raining for three days, and she says, "I'll go out when the rain stops." We come from Malaysia, which is five degrees north of the equator, so we have monsoons. So when it rains, it rains for two hours, then it's sunny again. There's no such continuous rain that you get in Sweden that never stops and everything feels cold and damp. I know what you're talking about, but here it just yeah. kind of it's like hangs. this slow rain. It's not even like proper rain. It's not the hard like Texas has this probably similar like these really hard yeah, storms would, that come you through. You must have storms yeah. down there too. Exactly, and it rains and then it clears. You know, you yeah. hear the thunder, lightning, and then you clears yes. and then you're done with it. So my mother-in-law is like two days she's been indoors, right? And third day she's looking out the window and everybody's walking. So she puts on my jacket, goes out and weathers the weather and goes out and takes a walk. And then she comes out, I'll never ever do this in Malaysia. (laughs) Okay, why Sweden? Um, Interestingly enough, my husband who's Malaysian, got a scholarship to study in Linköping. We thought, why not? A year and a half, we'll travel around Europe, we'll turn up. 20 years later, two kids, a house. (laughs) Oh my my gosh. (laughs) That's so crazy. So then what made you stay? I think... This could just sound bizarre. I think my husband was a Swede in his past life. <laughs> he's like, my neighbors were Swedish, think he's more Swedish than the Swedes. It is a personality type. It is a personality type. He loves to order. He's an engineer by heart, so there you go. I had a culture shock, not because I moved from Malaysia to Sweden. I think it was something like London. Because what was like the biggest differences that you saw when you moved here? I moved to Linköping, a small okay. town. And you realize, at that time, this was 20 years ago, and you realize there are not many different looking people. Yes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so another funny story. I started working six months later, and then I, there was a bar called O'Leary's in Linköping. I was there twice before I went with my workmates, right? The third time. The bartender looks at me and says, you're usual. So my boss turns to me and says, how often are you here? (laughs) Actually, I've only been here three times. Not in the last three months, but... Because you're so memorable. Yeah. Yeah. But that happened. I I don't know if it happened to you, but that happened to me too. Being an American and I would be in these social situations with my then husband. And then we'd go back to the same group of people. And they'd be like, oh, well, yeah, I met you at the last wedding or the last birthday. And I would just sit there with this big question mark. And I thought, well, that's because I guess I'm the token American in a room of Swedes. Yeah. (laughs) So it's easy for you to remember me. Oh, I'm the token Malaysian. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In Linköping of all places. So that's why I had to move to Stockholm because I realized I cannot stay in a small town where people know yeah. you. It just doesn't suit me. Yeah. yeah. And that's interesting, right? I don't know whether you guys realize this. Uh, my impression of Sweden before I moved here was, oh, they're very easygoing. They don't have traditions. And then you move to Sweden and you realize how st- structured and traditional they are. I had no idea. And yeah, I had the same idea in my mind that oh, they're all tall and blonde. I had no idea about all the customs and the folk costumes. And they have a lot more traditions than we ever had when I was growing up. Yeah. And interesting time, because I'm Hindu and I'm Malaysian, we have a lot of traditions. Uh-huh. So when I came to Sweden, I was like, wow, it's got so much traditions. I've grown up with traditions all my life. That kind of felt like, yeah, keeping up with the traditions. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice, though. It's, um, yeah, exactly. it's really fun. I mean, why not? 
not celebrate everything you can, especially I, if it involves good food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of had the opposite experience, so I kind of got eased into it. So I was like visiting here for seven years before we moved here. So I knew gradually about these traditions. And that was actually one of the reasons I wanted to live here was because the traditions were so set. You know, exactly. there's this is exactly what you eat on Christmas Eve. And this is exactly what you have exactly. on. You know, in Texas, I mean, you have a totally different meal than I have on Christmas Eve. You might not celebrate Christmas Eve and we like it's so different so I was wanting that kind of comfort as well which was really nice. That's true everybody has so many different traditions over there even for the same holidays. Mm -hmm. Yeah over here you know that are you gonna have meatballs at Christmas? Everybody's gonna watch Donald Duck at three o'clock. Exactly. (laughs) All on the first of Advent all the lights need to come out. And our neighbors put some up. My husband got so mad. No too early and we won't drink Yule Must until December 1st. Oh wow. It, It just does not seem right to have the Christmas food before it's December. <laughs> yeah, funny. and I think that's interesting to me because that's something I didn't realize about the Swedish culture. And it's interesting because I've had lots of my family visit and they had this impression about Sweden being this Western country with no traditions. And pe- unless you live in a country and you come and visit people who live in the country, you don't really see it as a tourist. Yeah. And so when they've turned up and everyone's like, wow, it's, everything's very traditional. Like Christmas, they have, you know, specific because my sister and I came here for Christmas and we celebrated and I was like, okay, this is a Swedish way of doing it. And they were like, oh, wow, everything's very traditional, very set. You mm-hmm. know? And I, I like it because there is sort of continuity to it. Mm-hmm. And your husband must love it. Oh, I know exactly what we're having. It should and look what exactly, time. exactly like <laughs> this. Exactly no like this. He is a creature of habit. So am I, actually. And that's why I like it. So um, as being Hindu, I celebrate anything. So everything. So I celebrate <laughs> Christmas. That's my attitude as well. <laughs> Maybe we should be Hindu. Yeah, I know. They inherited the Black Friday now. It's so ridiculous. It's not the same thing here. It doesn't make any sense. The point of Black Friday, this is what gets me. The the point of it in the U.S. is that everyone usually has Friday off because Thanksgiving is on a Thursday and Americans don't get that many days off. So everyone's stuck with their family. They want to get out. So it's a good day for a sale and you feel like it's kicking off the Christmas season. But it's not the same here. It's just another week. So Friday isn't a day off. Thanksgiving isn't a thing, and Christmas season is more kicked off by the first of Advent, mm-hmm. so it makes no sense at all. No. Plus, the sales aren't any good. And now everybody's doing it. I got an email from, like, City Gross. They're having a Black Friday oh, sale. I know. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> because part of, of it is, like, for me, I was looking at a newspaper today because you said something interesting, and the only thing I could think of, why are we having Black Friday sales? That's <laughs> Perfect, because I could not find anything else. And you're right. Yes, that's what's in the newspaper all this week is Friday all week. Black Friday, because... <laughs> Because they don't really do it. So no. it's just like 10% off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Gee, I went to one store today, a Danish store, and they had black balloons outside. <laughs> and they put all of their black ornaments and everything in the store that was the color black. They put it all at the front. So I think they had a different idea of what Black Friday is. It's not- Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but isn't it true 10, 20 years ago when I moved here, you couldn't get a pumpkin? I couldn't mm, get no. some of the stuff I used to cook with in Malaysia. to make. It. Has it come now, though? It, it has. I mean, the spices have come, and, you know, yes. people are, the, the supermarkets have varied quite a bit from the time I moved here. Thank yeah. You. That's a good side of globalization in a way, but on the same note, you know, it's like, okay, then we adopt all the other stuff with it, like Black Friday sales that no one understands why. Uh, So what kind of foods did you not have when you moved that you missed the most? I think my mom's, I mean, the Asian, the Indian stuff, the South Indian food, because, you know, I just 
think that the Indian restaurants here are so-so. Um, Malaysian Chinese food, because Malaysia's got Chinese, Indians, and Malays, so it's a lot of Asian. Makes such good Chinese food, too. This makes me hunger. I know. <laughs> I know. But, um, yeah, this is the kind of stuff I missed, actually. And I still do. You know, I make some of it, but not all of it. So. Have you found any restaurants in the Stockholm area or anywhere that have food that you would deem decent? I I like this place called Shanti, Shanti in the Corner. I love it. Yeah. Yes, they have, what, three or four different locations yeah, in Stockholm. Exactly, and they have, I like that. Sadly, I don't go out for, <laughs> I don't go out for Indian food when I'm <laughs> But my favorite restaurant in Stockholm, and if not tried it, is the restaurant at the Photography Museum. I have heard so many good things about it, and I haven't tried it. I've been there. It is really, really good. And what I like about that restaurant is the feature is the vegetarian food, mm -hmm. and then you order the chicken or meat on the side, and the food's so creative. You know, it's amazing. It's really, really nice. They do it so well. Mm -hmm. And uh, the view is amazing as exactly. well. Exactly. Right. It's got a good location, uh, kind of near Slusen. I love the museum. I haven't been to the restaurant yet, but I love the museum yeah so if you ask me for asian tips <laughs> i may not be very good at your it. house <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah my house my husband cooks a good curry so there you go funny story i invited my american colleagues over to my house for a barbecue and i i realized how when when swedes and when we say barbecue you could be barbecuing anything like tandoori chicken to a piece of pork, burgers and hot dogs. So they were wondering, because I said barbecue. Uh -huh. And then, oh, why is Sean barbecue? Doesn't she realize some of us are from Texas and we know how to barbecue? That's what we call grilling. Grilling. It's, it's, yeah. it's a whole nuances and slangs and mm -hmm. things like this, right? Yeah. Barbecue is a type of meal. It's like a type of food. It's not the preparation of the food, actually. At least for us, right? Yeah, right. which is what I yeah. realized. Yeah. <laughs> so they were, there was an email where I was off the email that they were like, why is she barbecuing? I oh, was hilarious. <laughs> Oh, no. I took you off the email. <laughs> but I mean, it's nice of her to invite us, but she makes good Indian food from what I know. <laughs> like funny. So they turned up and then it was raining. So we didn't barbecue and I served them Indian food. And then they told me the story. I said, I would have barbecued the chicken. Ah, but Sham, you're not saying the right word. So yeah. they thought I was going to barbecue chicken with some sauce on it. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's barbecue chicken. Yeah, that's that's the difference. I went uh, one time to a party and it was at an outdoor restaurant. You're supposed to buy the food and then barbecue it yourself, which I think is a bit of a ripoff. Mm -hmm. And the whole concept is there's only like a small booth where they have food and you go up and you order your food and they give it to you with tinfoil and you have to go to one of the grills and cook it yourself. So you would think cheaper prices, but no. And that day I just was not hungry for any meat. And so I said, oh, I'll take the, you have a vegetarian one? I'll take that. And so they give it to you in the foil covered so you don't see what's in it. I had to pay 120 crowns for this. I take it over to the grill. I open it up. It was carrots and cabbage. Oh That's it. Oh, no. To put on the grill. And that was it. 120 crowns. Did you say anything? <sighs> Not at the time. I'd only been here like a month. But I'll now never I, go bet back. You, I bet you won't blink an eyelid. I would, but I would complain now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the difference. Would you complain now? <laughs> yes, I would. That's interesting, right? Because um, sweets don't do that. No, and they don't like confrontation. So, yeah. so it's actually an advantage at times. I mean, <laughs> you can get your way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, and also the fact that I think if you ask nicely, what the worst they're going to say? No, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's something to keep in mind. They don't argue that much. I have a Swedish friend who says, well, Sham, go sort it out. Gives me the problem to sort it out. Because like, 
because they and themselves don't like confrontation, right? Oh, right. Like I was in a bookstore, I don't know, I can't remember, and the book was slightly damaged and it was the last copy. So I said, oh, can you give me a discount? And my Swedish friend said, you asked for a discount? And I'm like, why not? The book's damaged, I want it. Of that's, course. Yeah. And then they came back and they said, oh, we'll give it to you for 20%. I said, why not 25? And that's the Asian oh. side of my <laughs> I asked this week for people to start sending in questions, what they wanted us to talk about. And somebody wanted to know why are the Swedes so quiet and shy, in their opinion. That somebody else jumped in and said she thought it was more of this jantelagen, where everybody is equal, but you're not supposed to stand out. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to explain to people what that means, that everybody's just, everybody's the same. You're nothing special. Everybody goes by first names. That's something else, that everybody goes by first names. Names. At the doctor's office, I don't know my doctor's last name. I yeah. don't know my children's teacher's last name yeah. because they all go by first names here. It surprised me a lot with the doctor the first time. It just felt uncomfortable because I had to go in and he's like, what's the problem? I said, well, Bo, <laughs> my throat is sore today. <laughs> it's a little too familiar. And people doing surgery on me, it's like, uh Hi, Sheila. Um. (laughs) How was your weekend? Yes. (laughs) I have the opposite theory about the Swedes. I think the Swedes are genuinely nice. If you ask for help, they will help. 90% of the time, 99, okay, even then, that I've asked someone something and they were like, yes, this is the way. But they don't look approachable. Don't you think it maybe also goes to like, you know, they're also like self-doers. They always do all the home improvements Mm -hmm. and, you know, all summer. They do everything themselves. It's very unusual for them to bring someone in to help them with anything they do personally. So it's probably maybe, I'm just thinking about they're not very talkative, but I I, I think I agree with you is that they wait until their approach. They don't want to assume you need help. Yeah, it's because of their personal space. They know his personal space as opposed to Malaysians who say, oh, you've put on weight when you go home. Oh, you've lost weight. Really? You haven't (laughs) seen me for five years? This is your first comment to me? (laughs) Personal space, guys. Okay, so I had another listener question from a Swedish friend who says, we Swedes think we're good at finding consensus, forming a queue, etc. Are we really? I think they are. I think they're good when the system actually functions. I think they go into meltdown when nothing functions. (laughs) The perfect example, I totally agree with you, Sean. The perfect example is when you go to get on planes here, right? Like in the States, I don't know if it's the same in Malaysia, but they say, oh, boarding these rows. I think they've started it. But for a while there, at least the international flights I was taking would be like, and it's now ready to board. And it was just this mass of people (laughs) hurtling themselves onto the plane. And I'm thinking, okay, this plane is not leaving without us. Take it easy. And it's an international flight, so it wasn't like you had to worry about space for your luggage or anything. Yeah, so when there's not that queue system, when you can't take the number or you can't stand in a certain section for your row, it's just mayhem, people pushing and... I have to agree with that, yeah. yeah. Because when my first experience moving here to Sweden was I went to the bank, this was 20 years ago, and the number machine yes. broke down. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm coming from Malaysia, number machines break down, no big deal, go, go to the counter, do your transaction and leave. Okay, it was 10 o'clock in the morning, so the older people, they all went up to the bank teller to tell him the machine had broken down instead of doing the <laughs> transaction. So the bank teller had to come out and put a note on the machine saying that the machine's broken, you need to go and go to the teller directly. And I was 
was a cultural moment for me because I never even thought I needed to go tell him. I just went and did my... Well, this happens. <laughs> this happens, That's right? so funny. I can only imagine. Ah, what do we do? There's no number. How I will I know it's my turn? <laughs> it's yeah. like when you go to the grocery store and you get so angry if the person in front of you does not put that little divider between the groceries. It's like, what's your problem? <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> Have you guys seen the video about uh, Swedish for Immigrants and the teachers teaching all the immigrants about these type of customs? And one of the scenes is they're in system Belegget and somebody cuts in front of them and the teacher says, okay, but wait, we don't say anything. And then she counts down and then they she teaches them to mutter something under their breath. So they don't actually like yeah. confront the person. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, avoiding people in the hallway. And if you go to someone's apartment, you're supposed to talk about how wonderful it is when you walk in. And oh, it's really funny. <laughs> That's really funny. I did a little research on Malaysian culture. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> we okay. know it's truly Asia. Yes. Oh, yes. That's true. Yeah, we, we do have to bring that up because, yeah, if you've been here for 20 years, you must have seen the same advertisements that we saw. Yes. <gasps> Malaysia, truly <laughs> Asia. <laughs> exactly. You sing it well as well. <laughs> so the first question is, uh, is Malaysia truly Asia? <laughs> I think because it's got three different cultures to it. Okay. Mm. So, oh, so the originals, people are Malays, and then when the Brits rule because we were part of the Brit. Mm -hmm. They brought the Chinese, the Indians, the Sri Lankan Tamils. So it's kind of very multicultural. There's yeah. sort of three different races were living there. So there's Muslims, Christians, Hindus, Buddhists. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like you have a temple, you have a mosque, you have... So it's pretty... It's a great mix of everybody. Yeah, and that's very interesting because people see me and they say, oh, so you're, you're Indian. And I'm like, no, I'm Malaysian. <laughs> and it becomes a debate because my origins, my grandparents are from Sri Lanka, north of Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. So when you look at my heritage, my ancestry, it's Sri Lanka Tamil. But I never say that until I always say I'm Malaysian. I never go back. It's kind of like you guys. Yeah. Like in, It's very similar to the U.S., right? Yeah. Right, where yeah, everybody's yeah. family, everybody comes from all different countries, yeah. really. But that's so interesting. Like such a Because how many people live in Malaysia? How big is it? A 24, lot. 24 million. Yeah. 24 million. Mm. 24 million as opposed to what? Nine to ten million here yeah, in Sweden. It's like <laughs> but um, it's big and it's, you know. So and everybody gets along for the most part? For the most work? part. They just had overthrew the government because it was so corrupt. Okay. And then well, well, if you put aside the whole overthrowing the government thing, everybody's getting along really good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because now we have the oldest prime minister in the world, right? He's 93 years old because he was the first prime minister many years. The old ex one was corrupt and then they brought him <laughs> back again. So there's a lot in the politics, but people do get along. People, yeah. you know. So it's very interesting, actually. If you've been there, you will see a woman wearing a hijab or a headscarf walking beside a woman that's wearing a mini skirt yeah. side uh -huh. by side. And they're friends and they're eating lunch and, you know. That's, that's great. so cool. I heard something, and I don't know if it's true, but there is a top position of king, but it's not a real king because he's elected every five years. Yeah, the new position. like a 13th state. For every five years, a different state becomes the king. They rotate. Yeah, like, the sultan from different ah, state becomes okay. the king. I just thought it was really interesting. So it's not like a king in the traditional sense. It's more a title, title. but the person's elected. It's an interesting country to visit. I like to call it a city of contradictions because you kind of see the high rise and everything else. And then you can see the street food. And so it's, it's really, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's truly Asia. Okay. Um, let's see. 
you've already given us a tip uh, on some good restaurants. One good restaurant. <laughs> but it's a very good, good restaurant. And, you know, I used to love Gondolin before they did all the renovations because they'd make an amazing ginger drop. They do a good bar. The cocktails are amazing. Oh, I've only been there I for agree. cocktails because I can't afford the restaurant. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I had the restaurant once or twice, I think, because my company dinner, we had it there and once. And mm. It was very nice. But I prefer photography for food, though. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So with those tips, we'll go ahead and wrap it up for this time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Goodbye.